host, Taylor Hutton. I'm a millennial business coach, a virtual assistant, social media strategist, and a confidence expert. And I am so excited that you are here joining me today. Inside the Create With Confidence podcast, we will dive into all things creating a career online, personal branding, social media marketing, mindset, confidence, and how you can build a freedom-based lifestyle. I want you to leave this podcast with confidence around your online business and the belief that your biggest dreams are possible for you. So let's get into it. Welcome back to the Create With Confidence podcast. Today is the last episode in the Beginner Virtual Assistant series, and I can't believe we're already at the end. Now, if you have missed the other episodes, make sure you go back because over the last five weeks, I have answered so many questions that my students, my listeners, and my followers have asked about getting started. And we've touched on all of those different kind of struggle points and problem points. So we've kind of talked about what is a virtual assistant, what tasks can you offer, whether you need a degree. And then we kind of got into the bigger areas that you were struggling with around creating offers, setting your pricing, money mindset, applying for jobs, standing out, all that kind of stuff, right? Lots of juicy, juicy topics, lots of golden nuggets inside the episode. So if you have missed them, make sure you go back so that you can actually Start to overcome those blocks, start to overcome those barriers, set those systems in place, work out your strategies and build that business. Now, inside today's episode, we're going to be going one step forward. We're going to be talking about how to provide an exceptional client experience. And this truly does start before they actually become a client. So we spoke about application kits last week. Application kit, service guide, same thing. I'm going to use them interchangeably inside this episode. So keep that in mind. They're the same thing. But before you actually sign a client, it's important to actually meet them face to face. So once you've sent the application kit, you then want to have a discovery call because it doesn't matter how perfect a client sounds on paper or via the DMs, you will not know if they're an ideal client until you actually have a call with them. Now, I like to call it a discovery call. You might want to call it something different. There's other names like sales call, interview, consult call, doesn't matter. Okay, it's all the same. I personally like to call it a discovery call and I tell my students to call it a discovery call when they're talking to their clients because that sets the expectation that we're not talking about money, we're not talking about sales, I'm not answering all of your questions if you just want support with X, Y, and Z. Like that's not what this call is about. It's literally a call to work out who you are, what you need, and whether we're a good fit for each other. That's it, okay? I want you to remember that you are not going to be a perfect match for everybody. Regardless of how much you want to be liked, not everyone is going to. At the end of the day, not everyone is supposed to as well. Like that's what makes finding those ideal clients so special because after you've had this call, you just know and they just know. I've turned away perfect clients, like perfect on paper clients after discovery calls purely because when we jumped on the call, I was like, mm, the vibes just don't fit, you know? And it stayed both of us down the track. Now, this means when you say no, like when you have so much confidence in knowing that you will attract the right people and that you will provide such a good experience, it means that you don't need to get attached to the clients and the results, right? So you can say, no, I don't think we're a good fit. And you can trust and feel really good about that because you know right there and then that it's saving both of you. It means you're not wasting your time. They're not wasting their money. And it's a, it's a win-win. You know, you can go and find a better client. They can go and find a better service provider. It's a win-win for everybody. Now, on the other hand, I've also jumped on calls with clients who are soul aligned ideal clients. I know I'm going to sign them. There is no hesitation. Okay. I just, I know. All right. Sometimes these clients have even had people already lined up for the job and they turn around and they say, actually, I'm sorry, I can't hire you because I found somebody else who is way better, who's going to support my business better. Now, if you're the one sitting in that chair and you go, they're an ideal client. I'm so happy I've just signed a client. That's great. But some days you're also going to be on the other end of the stick. 
people will say yes and then turn around and go, actually, I'm sorry, I can't work with you because I've hired somebody else. And when you have so much faith and you have so much trust that the right people are coming, you know that that's okay too. And like I said, you don't need to get attached to the results. You don't need to turn inward and go, I'm terrible. I'm never going to find another client. Like this was just all a fluke. I needed that client. You know that it's going to be okay. You're going to find other clients. You know, I want you to really normalize not landing every client that you have a call with. It's like dating. All right. You're probably not going to marry the first person you go on a date with. You might, you know, I'm sure there's some people out there who are still married, happily married after 50 years with their high school sweetheart. Okay. But let's be real, they're the exception to the rule, they're not the actual rule, all right? You might marry the first person you go on a date with, but there's nothing wrong with you if you don't. That (laughs) doesn't happen often. So I want you to just keep that in mind because it's the exact same with landing clients. And so that's why setting up this meeting in the beginning before they're even a client is so important. So like I said, I call it a discovery call, all right? The idea is that this is not an interview. It is a way that two business owners come together to find out about each other, work out what types of tasks they're looking for, what type of person they're looking for, and you get to find out about their background, they find out about yours. Don't be afraid to actually lead this conversation. A lot of the times new virtual assistants, new online service providers, they kind of go into these interviews, these discovery calls, these sales calls, whatever you want to call it, they go into them really stressed because they're not used to kind of the dynamic of a discovery call. They're used to being an employee going in for a job interview. And it it definitely has a very different dynamic. They're not above you. They're not your employer. There's no kind of hierarchy. It's you're partnering. You're both the business owner. And so there's a different kind of level of power and a, a different level of confidence that you can go into this with. And going back to that, if you know that the right clients are going to sign, it takes away all of that pressure. Now, another thing that I find with a lot of new online service providers is they have a lot of money blocks around, I don't want to feel, you know, salesy. I don't want it to feel like, you know, desperate and all that kind of stuff. So what I would say, if that is somewhere that you feel like you fit into, send your service guide, send your application kit before you have the call. Sometimes people might like you and they go, oh, let's book a call. And then you might have the call and then send it to them afterwards. That's fine as well. You can do whatever works for you. But if you feel like you don't want to talk about money, then maybe you send all of that information beforehand. Because otherwise, what I found happens is they'll get on the call, you'll talk about it, and then there's this like awkward tension. You know, they know what tasks, they know what services, but there's that like elephant in the room. They want to know, okay, well, you seem good. How much do you cost? Like, (laughs) what what do you want to pay? You know, it's like it's that awkward moment. We'll go back to the interview where you're like, okay, like, yeah, I want to do your job, but like, how much are you going to pay me for it? (laughs) You know, that's the kind of um, dynamic and that kind of like awkward air that like hangs, right? So what I found is if I give them all the details before I even go into this call, they already know what I cost. They already know all of that beforehand. And if they say to me, oh, you're too expensive beforehand, then that's fine because it saves both of us call. We don't need to have, we don't need to like waste our time and jump on this call if you know that you can't stretch your budget. But on the other hand, sometimes what I will do is I'll offer a discovery call first because sometimes after meeting me, clients will decide that I am actually in their budget. And so if I hadn't have had that call, then I would have lost that client. So there's two ways you can go about it. Neither is right, neither is wrong. But what I would say is if you do have those kind of money things that you don't want to talk about money and, you know, you don't want to deal with all that kind of stuff, then send it first and then you can build up your confidence as you go because then you can 
then you can keep that call really casual because there's no pressure and you just don't have the back and forth of like, oh, that's too expensive, money objections. Like at the end of the day, that's not really a good use of your time. It's not your job to kind of try and handle their money objections and coach them around why you're the best person. Like you shouldn't need to convince someone. Your ideal clients will be begging to work with you. So you don't need to beg them for that client. You can spend your time much more wisely and go out, find somebody who is actually going to be an ideal client who are already going to be a hell yes. So keep that in mind. Now, afterwards, after you've had that call, you always want to follow up with an email. That's just a level of professionalism that you want to be adding in always. You know, you want to be thanking them for their time, give them a brief kind of overview, you know, a little bit of the notes around what you spoke about. And then, like I said, most of the time I send the service guide, most of the time I send the service guide or the application kit beforehand. If you haven't, then afterwards you want to send them the application kit. From here, there's kind of two ways it can go. Either they're a hell yes and they become a client or it's a no. I want you to detach from the result. Both is good, okay? They're just good for different reasons, all right? Now, if they're a no, the first thing you need to do is respond kindly. I get it can be really frustrating to not land a client, especially when you have bills to pay, money is trickling in, and you really need that client. You really, really need that client. I get it. I have been in that position. But taking it out on them, trying to convince them why they need to work with you and why would they not hire you is not going to go well. Now, I know you might want to educate them on the going rates of virtual assistants if they tell you, oh, how can you charge that? That's too expensive. Or maybe you want to say, well, I didn't want to work with you anyway. Okay, <laughs> I have had these thoughts. My students have had these thoughts. Everyone has them at some point. All right. They're normal. They're fine. Breathe them in. Say thanks for being here. <laughs> and now you can go. All right. Take a breather. Take a step back from your computer. You don't need to respond to them straight away. All right. Take a day if you need to, okay? It's okay to be upset when you don't sign a client, but trust in the process and start working on that mindset and trust that both is good because I know in the beginning it can be hard. You are kind of attached to those results, but the more you do this, the more no's you hear, you'll know that the closer you are to hearing a yes. And so no's are good because who knows what would have happened in the future, all right? And at the same time as well, like that's another reason why you don't want to burn your bridges is because you just might not be a good fit right now. In the future, they might come back or they might refer someone to you because they loved you on the call. They loved your energy, but you're just not the right person for them at the moment. So respond kindly. Don't burn your bridges and trust that not signing them right now is a good thing. Everything happens for a reason. I love that saying. I always use it because it puts everything into perspective. You don't know what's coming up. Okay. Them saying no to you could just open up the door for an ideal client who is going to be begging to pay for you. That if you had taken on that original client, you wouldn't have signed. So trust that everything happens for a reason. The people that are supposed to be clients always will be. Now, on the other hand, if they're a hell yes, I want to be a client, let's do this. You need to be sending a contract. This is a non-negotiable. The amount of horror stories I have heard from my students and just like other virtual assistants and online service providers in general who didn't have contracts is crazy. There's already enough horror stories out there. Do not add to them, okay? Investing in a contract is going to help you bring a level of professionalism to your brand that instantly tells your client you are not here to be fucked with, okay? You are saying, my business is protected, and so if you are trying to scam me, rethink your plans, honey, all right? Having a contract not only protects your business and your income from those dodgy clients, but it also provides really, really clear expectations as well, all right? It's got all the payment details. It's got timelines. It's got deliverables. It keeps you both accountable, and at the end of the day, 
it protects you both because I know we talked about scam clients, but on the other hand, there's scam VAs who give the industry a bad rep and scam their clients. So this is just going to protect everybody. It's going to protect you and it's going to protect them. Now, there's three different ways that you can get contracts. You could go the lawyer route, get them to craft one for you, or you could use a program that manages your client's details, contracts, invoices, payments, all that kind of stuff. I use Bonsai, which is a program that does that. I found that it is wonderful for all of that kind of stuff and it has pre-made templates in there or you could upload your own. Um, it is paid, but if you want to have a client management system that stores everything and you're at that kind of point in your business where you want to invest in that, I highly recommend Bonsai. So if you want to use it, I will leave a discount code in the show notes and when you sign up with that, I will get a kickback as well. So it's a win-win. And the third thing you can do, which is the one that I really should be suggesting, is you can enroll in my new program that's launching soon because inside there you'll get a copy of the contract that I use. So there's always that option as well. Now, once your client has signed the contract, if you want to create an exceptional client experience, start by sending them a welcome document. Now, once again, inside the Beginners VA course that I've been talking about for the last five, six episodes, you will get a template for this too. But essentially a welcome document is an extension of your application kit. Now this one needs to be personalized. So your application kit obviously is just a standard document that you would send to multiple clients and you don't need to personalize it all the time. Your welcome document is essentially saying, welcome, thanks for being here. Thanks for hiring me. And you obviously personalize that from there. So you wanna put in what they've hired you for, and you know what their timelines are and what they can expect all of that kind of stuff now these boundaries really 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 important okay because that way if they come back to you in a month or so's time and say hmm why hasn't this been done you can be like um as outlined in the welcome document that's not in my scope of work and it also means that if they're texting you at 11 p.m at night you can remind them that hey i received your text message however you will not receive a response until 9 a.m or until i'm working or you know I'm on holidays between these dates, so don't contact me in those dates. You know, it just it helps create a really seamless, smooth onboarding process. Now, you want your welcome document to not only outline what to expect from you, but when they can expect it. So like I said, give them timelines. When should they expect to hear from you? Do you have meetings lined up? Give them details around when to expect the invoices. How long after receiving the invoices do they have to pay you? all of that kind of stuff, all right? And you also want to add in anything that you need from them to actually do your job. You know, maybe you need their passwords, maybe you need their brand kit, maybe you need them to give you a training or a rundown or an orientation call, all of that kind of stuff. They need to know that from you so that they can actually give it to you so you can start off on the right foot because a lot of people will want to get going right now. They wanted that thing done three weeks ago, but they procrastinated hiring you for it. So they're not going to want to waste time on, you know, going back and forth through emails around all of these things. If you need to set up a call to do that, an orientation call, like I tend to call it, do that, okay? Just make it super easy because as you start to work with your clients, communication is the one thing that is incredibly important. And as you can see with like everything I'm talking about today, If you want to create an exceptional client experience, you need to have exceptional communication with your clients. It all revolves around having really, really clear guidelines, clear boundaries, clear expectations. You need to be on the same page. So be really transparent with the hours that you're doing, the hours you're working, when they can expect it. Give them updates along the way. And the best piece of advice that I can give you is if something has gone wrong or something is delayed, don't ghost them and hope that they don't notice. Don't wait until they have to call you to find out where these things are and why they're not done. By that point, they've already been thinking about it and they're kind of stewing and they're getting annoyed around why you haven't contacted them, why they don't have updates. 
clear communication, all right? Be really proactive in this communication because if you can get in ahead of time, you know, if you can say, hey, I know that you're not expecting this until this date, but it is a little bit delayed. This is why X, Y, and Z. Your clients are going to be far more understanding taking the initiative and being honest about, you know, if you have stuffed up, if you have made a mistake is going to take you so much further and is going to help you have stronger relationships with your clients. It's mean that you don't have them micromanaging you all the time because they've already lost trust in you because of the mistake that you made or because of the timelines that you didn't meet, all of that kind of stuff. If you can get ahead and you can actually take the initiative to reach out first, they're going to trust you more because let's be honest, once you lose that trust, it's a nightmare. And it's really hard to kind of get back on track. Like trust is a really, really hard thing to build back up in business. So just keep that in mind. That's the best advice I can give you. And the last thing that I wanted to kind of talk about today, if if you want to create a exceptional client experience, you need to ask for feedback, ask them for a review and ask them for referrals. All right. Now, feedback and reviews can be like really nerve wracking, really awkward. You know, we've all had those meetings, those performance reviews at our old corporate job. You know, they're awkward. Nobody wants to have them, but you can't get better unless you have those reviews. So make sure you're setting up those meetings to kind of say, hey, like, how do you think we've been going about this? And I want you to do that with them as well and say, hey, these are the things that I've been lacking. This is the things that I think have been working well. These are the things that I don't think are and I think we need to work on. Once again, your partners, all right? So make sure it's a review for both of you. So you can either book a call with your client to kind of go over the things that you think have been working or not working or if you just want like a personal review, like a personal feedback, send them a feedback form. And this can be like use, this can be created super, super simply through Google Forms, just ask your questions in there and that way it's a good way to get feedback on what they've been enjoying since working with you any areas that you can improve on and always 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 give them a space at the bottom an open-ended question where they can actually just leave a review leave a testimonial that you can use on socials on your website on marketing material all that kind of stuff testimonials are gold so use the shit out of them all right put them everywhere that you can add them to your application kit if you want all that kind of stuff. Just keep in mind though, you don't actually need to use written reviews. Like if you get any texts, any DMs, any emails you get, like just use all of that as client proof to show that you have been working with clients and that they've loved what you're doing. So feel free to just go crazy and use it all. Now, the other thing that I want to mention is referrals. Now, I like to give my clients who refer people to me with a 10% cash bonus when they're referral signed. I used to do three free hours and I've seen other people send physical gifts or discounts on their products and services. I used to do the three free hours, like I said. I personally have changed it and I find that it works better now as it encourages clients to work with me and they actually get something back rather than them needing to spend it with me. And then sometimes, obviously, they choose to just say, oh, can you take it off my next invoice and that's fine or can you add hours, that's fine. But at least this way, it gives them that opportunity that, if they want to go and buy a new handbag or like, oh, I'm tight on, you know, cash at the moment, you know, my kid has school camp, I need the extra cash, like they can use it to go towards whatever they want. You know, that's just my way of saying thank you. My clients are my best friends. You know, I love working with the people I work with and I would do that for a friend. So that's what I do for them. You know, the clients that I find that they refer are better quality anyway. I have a higher success rate of signing on referral clients. So my ideal clients who I'm getting the referrals from are doing my marketing and doing my lead gen for me. So that not only saves me money and gives me better clients, but I'm also 
giving back to them in a way that is going to support them. And that's just what I find works well because it really creates that like loving community family feel in my business. Like I said, I love my clients, each and every one of them. If I don't, they're not my clients. So this is just another way to say thanks. And it's because I do all these small little things. That's the reason I have these relationships with my clients. You know, I have gone from having a six month retention to a 10 month retention just by elevating my client experience. People don't want to leave. And that is obvious when you start to implement these little things. You know, it all adds up. It makes your life so much easier. You begin working with dream clients, you attract more dream clients, and they stay in your sphere longer. Because when you're not only providing an exceptional client experience, but also exceeding their expectations, they just don't want to leave. Why would they hire somebody else when you're doing everything and more that they could ever want? And that really is the underlying thing of like why you want to provide an exceptional client experience is because you don't want people to leave. You want them to stay because when they're staying and paying you, it makes your job easier because you're not having to do your lead gen, your marketing, all of that over and over and over again. Now, when I used to, I've got like a good example just to kind of wrap this episode up, but I've spoken in the first episode about my journey. You know, I used to be a family portrait photographer. And when I worked in that studio, we used to cut up limes and put them in people's waters for when they came in for their shoot. And it's this one idea, this one small thing can elevate your client experience. You know, just with that one little lime, we went from being a four-star commercial studio to being a five-star family portrait studio with a VIP client base of family members that are, you know, clients. They're not really family members, but they feel like, you know, people come in and it's like, oh my goodness, you brought another baby. Like they come over and over and over again. We loved it. It was such a great feeling, all right? All it did was one little lime. Like it took maybe a minute longer to cut these up and put them in, but it had such a really big impact on our clients. So many people loved it and they felt really spoiled. They felt really bougie and they felt really loved because their water had a lime in it. We took that extra step. And like I said, we went from like a commercial, you know, run-of-the-mill portrait studio to a luxury portrait studio that welcomed them and, you know, just celebrated them being here. And that's really what we're trying to do with your business. We're just adding the cherry on top with a few small things because everyone can do the client work. That's not what's going to set you apart, right? It's the small things like a discovery call, a contract, a welcome document, referral bonuses, all of that kind of stuff is what is going to separate you and what takes you from being mediocre and just like everybody else to exceptional, to somebody that they can't help but want to hire and work with over and over and over again. And somebody that they can't help but refer all their friends to as well. So hopefully this episode has been valuable. Hopefully you have some ideas around how you can add the cherry on top in your business. But with that, we've now come to the end of this beginner VA series. I had so much fun creating these episodes, answering all of your questions. So hopefully it has helped. Hopefully you've taken away some of the golden nuggets and started to implement some of these tips and strategies that I've given you. Next week, we are back to normal episodes. We're talking about money and more specifically making big money decisions. And we've got some guest episodes coming up in the future. So I'm excited for what we have coming up. I hope you have been enjoying these episodes. And if you're looking forward to the next episode all about money, then tune in then. But until then, have a wonderful week. Thanks again for tuning in. I'll speak to you on Tuesday. Bye. Bye.